Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the first episode of the new year of Well Obscure. (laughs) (laughs) It's been such a long 12 days, we don't remember the name of our own fucking podcast. We're starting our, our first episode of the year with a serious caffeine deficit. Help is on the way, but uh, I'm worried. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also like to start this year off with a banger of a film. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, what I like to call um, one of the uh, cornerstones of the second golden age of horror that we're currently in. I'm referring to, of course, The Witch. The Vitch. The Vitch. The Vavavitch. And really, people who say the Vavavitch or whatever, because it's spelled with two Vs or it's incorrect, because that's how... That was a W in Old English. It looked like two Vs. So that was his intention with that. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. instead of a double U, it was a double, double v. v. Well, it was... Yeah, yeah. They looked like double Vs. I've always thought about that. Why would you call it double... Well, maybe I think the U looked like a V at one point. What did a V look like? No clue. The the number five? <laughs> well, you know, it was a long time ago. I mean, the, the Puritans, and even before, people were... They didn't have a lot. They didn't have a lot going for them. I'm sorry. No. The past was fucking horrible. That's got to be one of the first themes of this movie. Yeah. It's just that living... When was this? 400 years ago? Yeah. So almost, 350? Almost 400 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So not quite 400 mm-hmm. years ago, and... I don't see how anybody, I don't see how everybody didn't just commit suicide at like 10 or uh, I don't understand how you could possibly live a life in those conditions. I really do think that is a point of this, of this movie or one of the many deep points of this film is every day was a horror story for these people. Um, you know, you woke up, I don't think people realize like how, how dark it was back then. Um, like candlelight and, and like firelight, et cetera, was, were the, like the only source of light. And the woods represented uh, darkness and the unknown and the fear of it. Well, yeah. You know? If you know, if you walked into the woods back then on a moonless night, mm-hmm. you were as, as lost as a person could, what, ever get. Yeah. And there's no distant highway sounds or anything like that. It's nature and you. And, and nature is horrible. Uh, according to these Puritans, uh, Nature is the, is uh, in league with the devil. It's kind of like a... But not the God that made both. Yeah, I know. It's confusing. I, get, the, I don't think the Puritans had I get it lost. right. We'll get, we'll get into that, too. The Puritans did... You know, they they were a troubled group of people. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, Thank God we don't have anybody uh, alive in our own time who rejects uh, reason in order to live in an aggrieved fantasy land. No, everyone, uh, everyone these days in this perfect Star Trek utopia... Um, Believes in science, yes. Um, But with The Witch, it's directed by a a, a guy named Robert Eggers. Um, And this was his first feature film. He had done uh, quite a bit of short films, and most of them were based on Edgar Allan Poe's works. They're hard to find. I've tried to look up a couple of them, and I've been... his previous movies? Yeah, I've been unsuccessful. I think they just did, like, festival runs, you know. They weren't ever really released online or Well, this would... I really liked this movie. I hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. You'd seen it before. You recommended yeah. it to me. I'm so glad um, you liked it. <laughs> and well, I do like serious horror movies. Yeah, not I all know. of them, I obviously. Know. But uh, I um, but I think this is one of the best serious movies that we've covered. Serious horror yeah. efforts that we've yeah. covered. I don't think not that we've done a, a ton of the serious ones, but um, this would be my top three so far. I think. Wow, cool. Um, it's like the epitome of what I love about horror. Um, and what I look for in horror. And it might have a lot to do with the director. Well, like I think I said earlier, you know, as I was watching this, if Nathaniel Hawthorne yeah. had ever <laughs> directed a horror movie, yeah, uh, it wouldn't have surprised me at all if this had been this his horror it. movie. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't possible in this time. But uh, yeah, it, it has that very young Goodman Brown, conspiratorial, mm-hmm. puritanical, devils in the woods vibe all the way down. It's very, all the way to like, this is the nerd in me just absolutely loves this about this film. Everything in it is age appropriate. And there's a reason he did that. So from from the 
the language they use, the the dialogue alone is you, peri- you mean period appropriate. Sorry, what did I say? Age appropriate. Yeah, said, sorry, yeah. Do not, not let your of- fucking kids yeah. watch this movie. <laughs> sorry, it will it will mess them up. Period appropriate. Yeah. Um, it from the dialogue, which is is sort of he researched, you know, transcripts of the Salem witch trials, and this is exactly how they spoke. One of the line, like the first line in the film. Uh, and this is what I mean by this. If you haven't seen the film, the first the first line in the film is what went we out into this wilderness to find, which means what the hell are we doing here? Why are we here in the first place? The language did trip me up at times. Not not as much as I was afraid that it, it would. Interestingly enough, though, it I feel like I adjusted to it pretty quickly right at the beginning. But there yeah. was still there would still be the occasional like 15 second stretch in mm-hmm. the middle or toward the end where I was like, OK, it kind of almost always when the dad was talking. Yeah, it kind of helps to to watch it with um, subtitles. Subtitles, because at least you'll get the words, and if you can grasp the words in the sentence, your brain automatically forms the sentence for you. I thought about turning them on while I was watching it, but being oh, an American, I, I just hate the idea I of love, subtitles. I love subtitles. <laughs> um, Don't make me read. But to to like general uh, to kind of summarize this film in a, in a quick quick way. I mean, we're going to talk more about what actually happens in the film, but. And this is from Robert Eggers, uh, quote, it's about a young woman who is freaking everyone out. She's just a little nothing in this world. It can't be her. It must be the devil. And that is the tragedy. In the end, the shadows of the past still creep into today, end quote. Because, I mean, you can't talk about witchcraft and witch trials really without talking about feminism because... Evil meant to, and, and what evil the evil witch embodies, and what I mean by the evil witch is is the witch we think we see at the beginning of the film. Yeah, and and Jonathan has an interesting take on this. Jonathan, you kind of think that it's all in her head. I think there's a way to watch this movie. I think one valid way to watch this movie is that the supernatural elements are all uh imagined just paranoia are, are either imagined or the result of like hunger and disease and hallucination i mean they hallucinations can, born of hunger yeah. and or disease and or mania it's sort of like how they've uh recently discovered what what could have caused the hysteria of the witch trials our caffeine is here ah uh, yes thank you so much Yes. thank you sweetie please tell mom thank you please tell mom thank you um Man, we, doesn't that smell great? God, we are now both holding <laughs> yeah. uh, fresh our, quad shots. Yeah, our pupils just got <laughs> massive. Um, Levi took off his pants, but no. Thank God you can't see that. Uh, <laughs> it's so yeah. So the oh, evil, sweetheart. the evil witch, even if she's real or not real in the film, embodies like men's fears, and this is throughout the horror genre, not just this film, but uh, uh, the evil witch embodies men's fears and their ambivalences and fantasies about women and female power. But also in this time period, uh, it's exactly the, it's, it's a hugely dominated uh, male dominated society. The evil witch is also women's fears and ambivalences about themselves and their power. Because really this, and you see it in the first scene, it's what I was talking about earlier She's the last person in the family to want to leave their settlement. The so, adolescent girl, yeah. Yeah, so the 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 beginning of the film, this family is being ostracized by the settlement. And it, it's not Salem, Massachusetts. And it appears think, it's but, because the father of the family is even more of a religious lunatic than the people running then, the settlement. And that's why he he's like, they're kicked out for being fanatics, almost. The Puritans. The Puritans kicked. Threw them out yeah. of town for being too fanatical. Yeah. And you'll see, man, they really are fanatical, you know, when they get there and you see that evil grin almost that the the wife has when they're praying over where they're going to build their settlement and so on and so forth. But th- again, I got a little off topic with the the detail of this film. So the language we talked about, the lighting. So all of the interior lighting is done by candlelight or firelight. There's no uh, electrical lights on set. They did use some electrical lighting. I found out uh, for some of the night outdoor scenes because they can't, they couldn't just do it in moonlight. But they made it look as though it was moonlight was the only thing. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. That that toward the end uh, where she's walking mm-hmm. into the to the woods. Yeah. Um, at that distance. Yeah, you can see there the, had to be a, there is that had yeah. to be a false light because um, I mean artificial light because 
I've it, never seen a moon that bright. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it had to be. But it and then they you they built era specific homestead for this family using only era specific tools so that because he said if if we cut a, a piece of lumber from Home Depot you'd be able to tell. You know, and he's like that obsessed with uh, detail, the but he doesn't. Things. He doesn't want it to be fetishized. Although it has become that with him, you know his, you know he did the lighthouse, which we'll probably cover later this year. And the script is notoriously being like the size of the encyclopedia. So it's his little attention with to specifics, detail. Yeah, yeah. But that that's intentional because it. If you're not in the same mindset as the 1600s Puritans when you get into the horror of this film, it's not. It's not as encompassing as the director intended. So what he's he's trying to transport us to the Puritan time by showing us everything that existed back then. Well, it's uh, or I the mean, constraints of everything. Back just then. the technical competence alone for a first full length movie. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, he was a production designer. Okay, uh, before this, and he was researching this film for I think four years on his off time. Because he was a production designer, so he said he he would do his job and then go like sneak into libraries for all nighters and so on and so forth. So yeah, he meticulously worked on this uh, for for quite some time. Also, he said Goya was a visual inspiration. Um, the artiste, yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, I was reading an article where he's being interviewed, and uh, the, the interviewee brought up the fact that when the <laughs> When the witch, after the witch steals the uh, youngest child, which is a really interesting scene because she's playing peekaboo with with the baby, and then all of a sudden it's not there anymore. And yeah, I remember right. that being in the trailer, and that being like the the turning point of the trailer. Well, you know, we're, back to my comment about this not being age appropriate. We're not even ten minutes into the movie, and a witch makes moisturizer out of an infant. Yeah, so that's what I'm getting to is. After she steals the baby, I mean, that is seven some, minutes that is some artisanal lotion. Yeah, I mean, it's it sets the tone for the film, I think. And then you have that wonderful fucking shot of the moon, and the focus is only on the moon, but in your in the foreground, in the foreground is a bl- you know the unfocused image of a witch like descending, ascending towards the moon. It's fucking awesome. But it's after she bathes herself in baby blood, which is. Very Goya esque. Well, you ask but it's me. also, I mean, it is true that you know an abducted infant dies before the first ten minute mark of the movie, but yeah. it's not explicit in the sense that you don't see it. Yeah, no, 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 no. You see her pull out a knife, and it's very hidden. Like, man, I just love the subtlety of this film. Yeah, and it's then you not... know, and, and th- th- through that whole witch scene in the aftermath, um, again, where she's basically making some kind of weird jelly, <laughs> jelly. It, she it rubs looks all like over jelly. Herself. It's disgusting. Oh, it's, um, but but you don't you don't get a real straight look. Or there's not a lot of gore. I guess is the point. My yeah, my brain is trying to make this moment. You don't. There's not a lot of gore, and it's and he really understands like how to show just enough. Yeah, and then to let your imagination mm-hmm. do its worst. Yeah, because that will of course will be, always work. Yeah. be worse than anything you could put on the screen explicitly. And there's a very with with this film and and. The dialogue about um, witchcraft, feminism, Puritan versus versus paganism, blah 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 blah. You have what the core of it is: fear of the unknown, which we know as Lovecraft's big uh, niche. And these people saw the forest as they didn't, you know, it was completely unknown. This is a completely new world to them, and little did they know that you know there were quote-unquote pagan roots in this new world as much as there were in their old world, but it was like Native American mythology and lore and so on and so forth. And the the forest represented that. You know what I mean? Like, like even in the Bible, it says Jesus went into the wilderness. Sure. You know, so it was very much a Christianity versus paganism well, I, I, thing I, as well. I you applaud know. their deep suspicion of nature because nature, as I've said, is just terrible. And any ideas that it's romantic are horrible and mistaken. It's here to set us straight. Let's not get that, um, that switched. Um, but yeah, but where I, where I don't understand the the leap that they make is this sort of awful ideology slash religion. They adopt 
to explain why nature is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, other than what is it? Just another example that the human mind prefers a terrible explanation to no explanation. Well, yeah, again, that, yeah, because the unknown is always t- more terrifying than a shitty explanation for something. Um, and you're right, because, you know, in there are certain verses in the Bible about how animals are put on this earth for our use only and how the world is Satan's domain and and whatever that, you know, as a child, I had trouble like dealing with that going, you know, being a, a child of the church I, I just didn't see how that was Christian, you know, um, the things that God created, uh, Satan has hold over and all these, the, the like literal embodiment of innocence animals are just for us to use, you know, that, that to me was problematic and Puritans absolutely believed that. And, and that's why the animals in this film are kind of seen as dark. Like even the rabbit gets the slow zoom in with the, with the creepy music, you know, and they, they focus on the eyes of the goat and the eyes of the rabbit. And it almost gives you this like subtext that, that they're evil. You know, we all, we know that the goat is evil in the end. Black Phillip, black Phillip. What a character. He stole the whole show, man. That really should have gotten an Oscar. I know the first animal to win an Oscar. Black Phillip, black Phillip, man. (laughs) For real. Uh, It it is interesting. that They were actually able to make like a rabbit kind of terrifying that. What I love that scene because, I mean, the they're it's they're, hard to think of something more objectively harmless than a bunny. And so look at this, you know, they their crops have failed. There's a shot of um so yeah, the, the, this this family gets into job territory basically as soon as they set up shop at, so here on the edge of the forest. There's there's been uh scientific explanations for the hysteria of the the Salem witch trials in in recent memory and one of them is that uh ergot E-R-G-O-T. Is that a fungus? Yeah, uh, a hallucinogenic fungus that I want some. many attribute to real-life stories of possession in witchcraft. And it's visual on the corn when they're cutting the corn at the, towards the beginning of the film. So, I'm, yeah, that argues for my interpretation there. He Well, Eggers doesn't like, for his film, he doesn't want... He wants us to throw all the scientific explanations out the window because they didn't have that back well, then. Yeah, well, he called it a fairy tale. He yeah. wants us to understand how they would have experienced it. But he threw in a little fucking Easter egg, basically, to all the to the people who have think they figured out what was happening in Salem. And I'm not you know, like when I when I say there's an argument for the explanation that that there is actually nothing supernatural happening here, even mm-hmm. though they perceive it to be right. Yeah, right. Um, I'm not saying that's the only way to watch the movie, or that, no, yeah. or that go, just going, you know all out on the supernatural take is the wrong way to watch the movie. It's yeah. a fairy tale. You yeah. know, fairy tales are supposed to work on two levels. Yeah. Yeah. It's a folk tale and, and you're supposed to have a little suspension of disbelief. Um, I mean, you know, they're all allegorical in the end. That's where we get also in this time period where it's problematic, uh, for Puritans is, uh, science and religion and, uh, the paranormal are all the same thing. Yeah. And, and so how do they explain? And when you say all the same thing, I mean, I don't think you can overemphasize how important that is to mm-hmm. the difference in the way they were able to perceive the world and the way that we're able mm-hmm. to perceive it. Because I'm, they they weren't capable conceptually mm-hmm. of understanding the world the way that anybody with a high school education in the modern world yeah, is no, capable of understanding Lyme the world dis- if they're willing to. Lyme disease was the devil. You know, and and think about how many people got Lyme disease because <laughs> this is or rabies. You know, exactly. Like, like you know, there's a there's a death in here. Like you know the the yeah. the the middle boy mm-hmm. when he dies. Yeah. Um, you know, and basically every way that he behaves, poor, you could explain with rabies or poor middle child, probably a number of other diseases well, or him just like becoming a fucking teenager, you know? And so there is a strange part and this is a little taboo, but again, it's air, it's era specific. He develops this little like crush on his older sister. I don't, yeah. I don't even know if it's a crush or he's just, you know, she's, she is, we're assuming, pretty recently. It never says how old it is, how old she is, does it? No, not no. But we're assuming this is, she's an early adolescent, right? Yeah, she's, yeah. Relatively, she's like 16, 17, probably. I was thinking maybe even like 14. Well, yeah. I mean, because I her mother know. makes that comment about how she just became a woman and there's some vague reference mm-hmm. to, I think, menstruation. Yeah. And the, the, actress, the actress that plays Thomason uh, is, you'll recognize her from, uh, a lot of people have seen The Queen's Gambit on... Uh, Netflix recently, which is a is a really good film. Her name is Anya Taylor Joy. She plays the uh, yeah, she's great. The old, Thomason, the oldest uh, daughter. But 
so she's relatively newly post-pubescent, we're assuming, mm-hmm. and there's nobody else around, and now her brother's starting to go through puberty, so there are a couple of shots where he's sort of noticing that she's, you know, a, a woman A woman, now. yeah, yeah. And you kind of catch her at, well, checking her out on a physical level, which is... Think about it, though. A, gross. Think about it. Yeah, but B, yeah. this is why you don't take your family... Mm-hmm. To the real, and, actual wilderness, completely cut off from civilization, because from it turns settlement. out living outside of civilization or whatever approximation you have of it really sucks. And it's also it's bad for your mental health, which didn't you know mental health wasn't a thing back then. No and, one even knew the term mental and, you know, health before before but, the Rona. I would have made a crack and said this is just what happens when you homeschool. Yeah, but now we're <laughs> we're stuck together again. But now we've all been well, doing again. it for a year, and it's just not funny anymore. Yeah. Uh, one of the lines the father says is, we will conquer this wilderness. We will not succumb to it. That comes How'd from... How'd that work out, Dad? Yeah. That's like a manifest destiny that these Puritans uh, had, which was, we're going to build this new kingdom, literally this new kingdom on a hill. And he says that when he's talking about, what did we come here for? We came here to build a new kingdom. Couldn't you just have stayed in England and invented indoor well, plumbing or they perfected indoor plumbing? Well, this is where, like, we can go back to the Thanksgiving thing. So uh, Christmas was a Church of England holiday. So the Puritans didn't even celebrate Christmas. Of course not. It brought people joy. The, yeah. So they, they created Thanksgiving. Can't have that. The Puritans did, yeah. No joy for these people. And if they did find it, it was breaking one of the commandments, you know, or... I'm thinking of breaking all the commandments. Where's the, you know? the, there's that horrible scene in the woods where, again, the middle boy is taking a walk with his dad. It could have been this father-son bonding moment. Instead, the kid has a freak out because he wants to know if his baby brother who disappeared is in hell. Yeah. He wants to know if he's going to hell. Yeah. It's a... It's a... It's a... Because it turns out if you actually literally believe... Modern argument. Yeah. You know, that a hell is a possibility. And in this incarnation of... Or this particular branch of Christianity anyway, apparently there's no way to know... Mm-hmm. You know, they have no assurance that they will or they won't. Yeah. It's a day-to-day thing. Oh, it's like the... Oh, what film is it where they're like, oh, your wife committed suicide, so How could you not go crazy yeah. if you literally believed that that was how the universe operated? Well, they didn't live long, so... <laughs> that helped. Before we go on, maybe I can make my case for the non-supernatural watching of this movie. Just, just briefly. Okay, so yeah, let's... I want to I I want to know what your argument for uh, this being non supernatural would be. So, like, what what clues did you find in the film that relate, or or what hit you to think that this was all uh, just kind of like a cause of of what she's going through or a disease? So, you know, the first death in the movie, she's playing with the little brother, the baby, right? The the newly adolescent girl she's playing with her little brother the baby on a blanket doing like peekaboo basically yeah and then during a particularly long period where she's all oh, it wasn't that long where she's got her eyes covered next time she uncovers them and says peekaboo the baby's gone and then you know we get a shot of a lady running through the woods mm-hmm. red cape mm-hmm. not very subtle no. honestly if you're gonna be a witch why you, don't don't draw attention to yourself i know Puritans. anyway not that she, the witch. Well, isn't that what she looks like when the the boy finds her? I think so. She's like all sexy and wearing like looks like like Little Red Riding Hood almost. almost yeah, yeah but, but in the, and then you see her in her, I guess her true form, which is apparently very old. But anyway, you know she does what disgusting. she does, whatever ritualistic killing of you know. But the next shot, mm-hmm. you know, then there's a cut, and the family's asleep. Right. And, and mo- mom's mourning. Yeah, mom's mom's having what we can only guess is like a sustained freak out over losing her baby. Yeah, she's having a panic attack, basically. Because, you know, she thinks her baby's in hell. Yeah. Ugh. She prayed for days that her, that like, that God save him from hell. Like, yeah. that's the con- context of this But the scene. next shot is, um, there's that, that rough cut, and then it's, he, the, the boy's awake, and he notices his sister is having a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So... That was my first thought that, okay, did that really happen? Because it's... Because she's having a nightmare yeah, the like, next is scene. She just yeah. dr- is she just dreaming what might have happened to her brother because of all the, the crazy-ass religious mania that she's been fed her entire yeah. life? Or uh, are we ex- expected to, as take, to take that as like the literal objective truth of what's going on in this world and not just how they've perceived it or how they're trying to explain it? Damn, I love movies that make you ask questions like that. Like, did did I view the entire film completely different from you? You know. And then, and then there's a there's a, a later scene where the older girl is trying to scare 
two mm-hmm. of her other little siblings who are yeah, being kind of horrible. She admits to being the 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 witch of the wood. Yeah, and yeah. trying to scare them, you know, I'm the witch of the wood. I'll be, I'll be the witch of the wood. But some of the things that she says, you know, are I'm I'm just here to. She mentions that you know they're going to get eaten up and blah 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 and all yeah. this kind of stuff. It's like mm-hmm. oddly specific to what the witches actually do. doing. Yeah, it's like she knows. And I wonder because which, which is what made me think. Okay, this is just. The thing about these witches is they never do anything the Puritans wouldn't expect them to do. Yeah, it's... And that's where the whole, like, Salem witch trial thing comes, where you know it was all a um, a manifestation. Because they're oddly... So what these people are doing is oddly specific to what the Puritans believe the devil would do. Yeah. Yeah, and so... Man, that's a... I mean, it's a really good there, there take are, on there how... There are a the, few other examples, but mm-hmm. my other thing is just, like... And and to me, that takes nothing away from it. Like, it's terrifying either way. And in some ways, I mean, there's certain things in that interpretation that make the movie kind of more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Or it, maybe that's the wrong way to put it because it makes it more tragic. Yeah, it does. Because it's all their own doing. It's the family's paranoia that the that their religious radicalism brought. And, the, and just the rest of the environment. Yeah. I mean, I think that might be the big, the big question of the film. Because in that way, you're having your own conversation of, well, then the whole Salem witch thing could have, you know, was all uh, superstition. Why isn't this, you know, all superstition? And to me, seeing the witch, when we actually see the witch without any of the main character, the family characters around, that explained to me that the witch was real. But. You phrased it as in that's in her head, and so like at the at the ending of the film, we'll we'll go ahead and, and spoil the fucking ending. Uh, Black Philip is Satan, uh, Black as Phillip far as we a, know. Yeah, Black Philip the goat, the goat is Satan, and he uh, turns into this like black rider because he has spurs and a cape and a hat on, and you don't really see his full form like at all. You see his chin and his nose at one point, but yeah, he he. I guess he's been taking women from all over and building this. So it's hard to explain if it is real. So if it is all real, he's been taking women from, I'm guessing, the settlement and making this. Where else would you get that many white ladies in the middle of the and one of them and one of them is the the witch from the wood. Without the first thing he offers her is butter. Yeah, he. Well, she was pretty near to starving at that point. Well, yeah, yeah, And, and butter and sugar. I'm sure were just. Oh yeah delicacies back then you know now that we just pound sugar in everything we don't really realize how special it once was or you know me who couldn't even ponder starting the podcast until i knew espresso was on the way so obviously i would have lived i would have thrived you know no back then um a sugar has something to do with the salem witch trials and i might get the officer what's the second thing he offers her butter then he offers her oh a new dress a pretty dress yeah and then 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 the real to live deliciously and to see the world um, and she says yes, but she doesn't. And a, a book forms in front of her. We don't see the book f- form, but no, it's, it's just, all of a sudden boom, it's in there front it of is. her. And she's supposed to sign her name, but and, she can't because she can't write because and, no one taught her to. And the <laughs> this like awesome line that Black Phillip says, "I'll guide your hand." And it's like I guess you know the director is also the the like writer of this. It's saying that he's going to guide everything she does. Here's from one now on. one thing that's that was somewhat unsatisfying and it's, it's just a conundrum given the environment, in this setting, but I didn't feel any, I didn't feel any tension at all when she went to put her name in the black book of whatever, and, yeah. you know, go join the witches and Satan out in the woods because who wouldn't? I know. I think, I think I, if, if you lived in that world at that time for five minutes and it was either keep living like mm-hmm. that or make a deal with the devil, mm-hmm. who wouldn't? Here's the, and here's what I th- I don't. I don't think it was intentional, but that might be the whole point of the the fucking film. Is that, and it's probably the reason this film was backed by the Church of Satan, was that it's showing you. Is it really? Yeah, because <laughs> well, and here's why, and and because this is a new look at the witch as an independent feminist. Oh, I, I don't thing know. Other I... than a uh, a evil uh, work of Satan. So it's more about independence and making your own future than it is about 
uh, I'm the I'm the daughter of fucking Satan. I know that's that's been a common interpretation of it, but mm-hmm. I just I don't see anything feminist in the whole movie. I mean, first of all, it's you know she she escapes it because though. again, it's not a choice. Well, but she but what she, choice? She's rebelling against this whole system, and you see it in that first scene when she's the last one to leave the church. Sure, but. She's got no option. It's not a rebellion with no other option. What was her other option? Walk back through a dangerous wilderness alone with no weapon and hope she gets pointed in the the right direction to find the settlement? I don't... Yeah. Just sit there and starve? I guess that is a good point. It's... She really has no other option. And I guess that's kind of the scary part of this, you know, is like, look what fanaticism can do to you and the ones around you. Look how words can incite violence. We've seen that recently. Well, yeah, but just again, in, in that idea, yeah, we, we certainly have. But in that ideology, mm-hmm. if she turns down the devil at this point, mm-hmm. she turn, tells Black Philip to go back to whatever. What is she going to do? What's yeah. she going to do? Just sh- She can death. sit there and, and be a, a good Puritan and starve to death. Well, that's what the Puritans would tell her to do. And then, <laughs> and still, and still. That's a trial. And still have no idea whether she was going to hell. And still have a, a real shot at winding yeah. up in hell. So I just... Yeah. And, I don't understand what the argument for that yeah. that faith is at all. Just inside itself. I don't think they had a good argument for it either, man. That's just what they believe. And you it know? was so clearly, and you know, you see this over and over, just based on like self loathing and a mm-hmm. basic hatred of the human condition or it, of human beings like, in general. It's well, it's crazy because it's the Puritans got away from the Church of England, which was largely Catholic, I think. But it's a very Catholic guilt thing. Like when she's praying in the first couple of minutes of the film you know she's like i'm a fucking terrible person i've thought about this i've thought about that i've played on sunday in secret you know <laughs> I remember like, that oh my it's god like, oh, that's yeah. the worst thing you've oh, ever done kid damn sinner but it and it has a lot to do i want to say this film has a lot to do with the salem witch trials and and what that represented that was a super, and we're not going to unpack everything on this episode because it, it literally would would take seven episodes. But Salem was kind of this boiling pot for for what happened there. Like they like it started forty years before the actual trials did, and it started with uh, this like class system between Salem Town and Salem Village, and and uh, who believed what and who controlled what, blah blah blah, politics, politics, politics. Um, but an interesting and ironic thing about Salem, the word Salem comes from the the Hebrew word Shalom, which means peace. And if well, peace you know, for whom? Yeah, all of us are pretty much aware of what happened in Salem, Massachusetts. So that's laughably ironic. But you know, uh, we talked about on the way here. We talked about a woman named uh, Tituba, who was. Sort of this uh, slave for a preacher in in Salem, um, and uh, there there's speculation on if she was uh, actually black or or Caribbean or slavery being she something that's never explicitly condemned in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, and she wasn't. Or implicitly. what we know is she wasn't white. So of course she was the first person to be um, convicted of being in league with the devil in Salem, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. And we're, I mean, I don't want to go into the whole like history of what happened in Salem. You can watch the oh, crucible. Oh, yeah, you do. You're just no, not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> I really do, but it's going to take forever. Um, you can watch The Crucible by Arthur Miller if you haven't seen that. Um, Who would want to do that? Just I, I like that. Read film. the Wikipedia. I like page. that film. Yeah, I really do. But I, um, I like that film. Uh, because it has uh, something to say about the Red Scare of the 50s and so on and so forth. So, you know, w- history tends to repeat itself in this country, and we just don't learn our damn lessons. Well, we'd have to learn history first. But Arthur Miller, you know, was this American playwright who had an, had some kind of an affair with Marilyn Monroe and blah, blah, blah. Talk and, about punching above your weight yeah, in right? the dating that market. Guy, that guy was ugly, I think, but... Apparently he well even if you don't think he's ugly was a charmer yeah he yeah. you know he's a kind five yeah yeah F- kind so in case you've never seen the the great American player seen the movie uh, the Crucible I'll sum it up real quick it's a dramatization of the of sixteen ninety two witch trials uh, was written as an allegory for the witch hunt atmosphere that pervaded America when Joseph McCarthy a Republican representative from 
Wisconsin, uh, led the nation on a search for communists in the American government. Miller said the search paralyzed the nation. The air of terror was heavy and paranoia swept the country. Uh, but it was more of a like, it wasn't like a physical fear. It was more of like impotence almost. And that's kind of like what was going on in, in Salem. You know what I mean by that? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I follow. It's, and of course, it's always women. Yeah. I mean, in this case, the scapegoat. I mean, there were some men that were the devil, you know, that if, if a preacher looked at you weird and you felt judged by him, you could just tell your parents he was the devil and, and they'd burn him at the stake. Well, hey, man, <laughs> at least the men got accused of being the devil, not just a witch. And what's very contradictory about that time period is women had no say in fucking anything. Like, they were just members of the household, you know. But all of a sudden, when you're, when you're blaming people for being the fucking devil— you have the loudest voice in the village. Well, yeah, and, but we always do this, and it's happening right now. If we're going to pick on a group, or you know, if, when it's time to um, assign a sin eater or a scapegoat or whatever, the group or the person being attacked mm-hmm. is always both completely helpless and competent, yeah. and then simultaneously all powerful. Yeah, it's kind of a contradictory thing that we do. You know, like you can't trust Democrats. To mm-hmm. run the country because they're incompetent, mm-hmm. but we're we are capable of running a global child trafficking, yeah. satanic sex ring <laughs> yeah. out of a pizza parlor. Yeah. Um, uh, Arthur Miller spent three days in Salem's library reviewing court transcripts. He said he was most struck by the preponderance of spectral and circumstantial evidence in the proceedings. So they basically had their minds made up on who was the devil and who wasn't, and um, proceeded to kill people. Uh, because of their own prejudice and uh, rivalries. Because, again, it's all about politics Yeah, uh, when and, it came to that. And, you know, the Puritans are another group that had absolutely no imagination in any area of their lives except when it came time to execute people. Yeah, or the devil. The devil was like, <laughs> I think they they put too much stock in it almost, you know, like. I don't. I don't know. It's 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 a weird. It was a a fucking horrible time to be alive. Um, and that's the the gist of the horror of this film. And Stephen King said it's it's the it's the scariest movie he's ever seen. But I think that's because he's such a deeply religious person. He's a spiritual person, you know. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, we were talking about that in one of the other episodes. I think his his worldview is essentially mm-hmm. like n- not quite practicing Methodist. Yeah. Universe view, I, sh- I should say. And so, as I while I was watching this film uh, in theaters, I went and saw it in theaters. Um, well, go ahead and brag, because because I, <laughs> I heard all the buzz about it and how it had done really well at all these uh, film festivals. And as I'm watching it, I, the girls behind us say, "I thought this was supposed to be scary." Stephen King said it was scary, and I think they didn't find it scary per se because they didn't get it is it it, it, because i guess they're looking for the more like oh what do you call that kind of horror tongue-in-cheek horror or no they're they're looking for jump scares they don't understand the difference yeah and so but that but again stephen king has a great quote about this were you going to read that quote no you go for it yeah go for it and this is is, uh, this is what i wanted to turn around and tell these girls but i don't think they would have grasped it either these are like teenage girls and nothing against teenage girls but but so when i was when I paraphrased it to you earlier, I got the wording slightly wrong. Stephen mm-hmm. King said, I recognize terror as the finest emotion, and so I will try to terrorize the reader. But if I find that I cannot terrify, I will try to horrify. And if I find that I cannot horrify, I'll go for the gross out. I'm not proud. Um, which is a great quote for I think that's reasons. that they were waiting on. Because they didn't get horrified by it because they didn't... Yeah, and they didn't get terrified gr- by it because... the social aspect Because what they were it. looking for was jump scares mm-hmm. or, you know, which this movie does not do. But I thought this movie was both horrifying and terrifying in equal measure. Yeah. F- from the opening, just oh, the yeah. way that camera moves. Oh, I know. And the, the music. In this. And the, and the music. And it just from just from the opening, for instance, mm-hmm. there is absolutely no sound throughout any of the opening title scenes. I mean, title credits, right? Yeah, no, yeah. There's, there's just nothing. It's mm-hmm. just a... It's a there's no noise. And the first sound you hear then is the 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 father's voice, the father of the family. Yeah. Oh, and he's and it's just this, voice this, is this, awesome. this deep baritone. Yeah, yeah, just g- very like lumber being mm-hmm. sawn. What's the past tense of sod? <laughs> is it sod? Know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, like, doesn't, yeah. Doesn't sound right, right, but it might be. Like lumber being, you know, ground up. Um, it's just. 
and he's a he's a Game of Thrones actor. You guys will recognize him from like season two of Game of Thrones if you've watched that. He's an awesome British actor. Like, dude, that voice. He's got a distinct look too. He's quite hard to look at, uh, which looked very Puritan to me. Oh, sure. You know, like uh, both both the father and the mother are hard to look at. Nature doesn't make uh, human beings uh, attractive until we've had what like three or four generations of good nutrition. Yeah, yeah, I think that happened. So again, on Eggers and and why he's like my spirit animal. And I absolutely love him, and I kind of want to kill him at the same time. Um, yeah, he just—he basically stole your whole dream life. Well, I don't know if I stole his or he stole mine. Well, you know? we can blame him. But, we um, don't know him. This also, is, you know, he made a terrific movie on his first swing, and that's yeah. hard to forgive. And I love his second one, which I don't. You haven't seen the lighthouse? I have haven't you? yet. Yeah, God. So this is a quote on on horror that Robert Eggers said. I grew up on Hammer horror movies. God, I love that. Sure, but I'm not a pure genre guy. I prefer horror in 19th century literature. That's the part of horror canon that I really like. Yeah, you, man, you and him, you, you, could, you guys. Well, you can see that in this film, too. It's more of a cere- c- cerebral horror than it is the, the gross-out effect. And he goes more Which into, is really hard to pull off. Yeah. It's, effectively, it's so hard to pull off. I mean, it's much easier to yeah. do what you know I would do and just make a B-movie. Yeah, <laughs> and have people like... Semi be grossed out at it, oh, but yeah. also the laugh girls at in the it. back would have loved it. Yeah, um, he you goes know, on by saying, all the nudity. Uh, uh, "Edgar Allan Poe to author Machen, uh, that stuff I really like, but I don't fetishize bad movies and bad acting. So that part of the world of contemporary horror films, the part that has to do with in jokes and meta references, I don't really care. That's the girls that were behind me. Yeah, um, I don't mean any disrespect, but this is not a my bag." Quote, but let me tell you, if I've got the flu, I'm hanging out with Vincent Price and Peter Cushing, end quote. Yeah, the guy, I guess, like, knows what he's doing. And I don't know if I've mentioned what I refer to as the second golden age of horror on this show. Have, we talked, have I talked about that? I don't think so. I don't think you've... Yeah, I mean, you might have mentioned it, but you haven't laid out the parameters. The first golden age being the age of the exorcist and Rosemary's Baby. Um, so seventies to the early eighties, yeah, well, like Vietnam era yeah. almost. Um, and now with all the crises we're we're dealing with today, we're getting the second golden age of horror because you can't have good horror without real life fucking horror happening. And that's my that's my fucking theory. And God knows I'm not like a doctor or anything like that, so don't quote me on that shit. But I feel like Get Out, The Witch, Hereditary. These films started Midsummer. Midsummer. Well, Midsummer is the same guy who did Hereditary, Terry, yeah. The Lighthouse. All these things, all these films, are highbrow cerebral horror films that we haven't seen the likes of in a fucking long time, and that's why I think it's the second golden age of horror. So when would you? Have, when did it start for you? The second golden age of horror. I don't You've know. Got to put it on a calendar. Out, if, if I don't know if this came out before Get Out or Get Out, but either whatever, whichever one started first, and I think it was Get Out. I think Get Out. 2017. So this this one's 2016 is is the way. Okay, so your second golden age, it's recent. Oh yeah, no, we're still in it. That's okay. what I'm saying. And you know, we're still having really good horror is is being released. I I haven't really seen anything from this year being that we didn't really get theater this year, did we? We well, didn't no, get it was movies. Just, it was a know? lost year. I saw Hansel and Gretel, which was like a horror retelling of that Grimm's fairy tale. I didn't watch it that wasn't. One. It wasn't that. It was a PG thirteen horror movie. I'll just say that. <laughs> the um, sneer in your eyes, yeah, Levi. I know, right? Bless me. But um, yeah, I guess this film would have started what I refer to as the second golden golden age of horror. But what a way to start it off! It's a fucking fantastic film. I'm trying to think if I if I can make an argument for any other period being a golden age of horror. Well, you some people would say Universal Monsters. Uh, some people would say Hammer horror, and that kind of goes into Vietnam for me because Hammer was still making their their horror shit when the Vietnam era started. But again, like it's he Eggers won't do contemporary horror. When asked uh, if he would make a contemporary horror film, he said, "I prefer to go in the past to look at humans today," which I like. You know, there's just something more engrossing about period pieces. For me and i think that has to go into what we you and i talked about days ago or weeks ago or months ago uh contemporary horror is hard to pull off because of one thing cell phones yeah you can't you can't get people isolated yeah not really yeah. i mean not without not without going to great 
yeah. efforts in your set and setting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and you have to somehow provide some line of exposition on why your fucking phone's not working. Yeah. You know, somebody there, somebody has to hold it up in the car. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not getting signal out here. <laughs> There's nothing more isolating than the fucking frontier in Puritan America, besides maybe a lighthouse on the coast of Maine, which is his second film. So, you know, we're talking about golden ages of horror. I don't know. There's an argument to be made for the eighties. Well, the eighties for me is just Carpenter and, and Stephen King's era. And it does have a, definitely. I mean, yeah, it I does have a, at all. Yeah. And it does have a place in horror. Like, I'm not saying it's, I mean, I, I guess the, the thing about the seventies, the, the golden age of horror, the first one being in the seventies, which I agree with, it's just the variety. Oh, yeah. I mean, the huge variety in, like, subject matter and oh, yeah. setting and just everything. It's everywhere. If you just look at from, like, 62 to 77, it's incredible. And the and the 80s don't... I mean, again, it's like you said, aside from Carpenter and King... It's like tongue-in-cheek horror, though. The, the 80s really don't... The good... Yeah, the, the good movies that came out of the 80s don't really have that... They don't have the same range, I don't think. I think the the one film that came out of the 80s that does have that range is The Shining. You know, obviously. Sure. I mean, there were some classics in there, mm-hmm. but... And, you know, Alien, which we'll, we'll the cover. Thing. The Thing, 82. Damn, yeah. But even that has that Carpenter... You know, that's a gore fest, bro. Like, that's oh, not, yeah. you know... A lot of people would not consider that highbrow horror. You know, a, a lot of people yeah. don't consider horror to be highbrow, period. But I would argue Fools. against that. Yeah. And I'm very passionate about that, which is why we it's have the this original podcast. storytelling genre. It's it is. Read the book of Job and yeah. tell me it's not a horror story. It's the mel- what did you tell people, you know, around the firelight in the cave yeah. to, to, to stay away from the wolves? You scared the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, you scare the kids yeah. in the hopes of keeping them alive. By the way, that in one of the oh, this world really is horrible. Many moments in this movie. Um, did, did you <laughs> did you catch what the guy said when he was trying to comfort his grieving wife after the loss of the baby? Mm hmm. And I've seen this film a hundred times, but I didn't just, pick up on it. Just stuck out to me a lot of things because I have kids who, thank God, are all alive. Thank God, it's mm-hmm. a weird thing for an atheist to say when he's talking about um, and bashing the Puritans. Anyway, um, thank the universe, thank the universe, thank the flying spaghetti monster. Um, but when he's trying to comfort his his grieving wife after the loss of the baby, he he says something to the effect of, "This is the first one we've lost. Think how lucky we are." I know. Well, that's very real too. No, but the, yeah, yeah, that, which was. At the time, this is set was completely legitimate. You would expect then to lose at least some of your kids. I think it's something like every birth, there was like a 50% chance that someone involved in the birth was going to die, either the mother or the child. Thanks, nature. Yeah. That's a really well-designed system. I guess it's, you know, yeah. And we just created science to battle that shit. Of course (laughs) we did. What else was there? Conquer the natural world like the Puritans are doing in this film. They're attempting to do at least. Um I mean, there's some argument that our attempt to conquer the natural world in this century is, is, is backfiring in many ways. Well, we just can't get the vaccine out quick enough and and reliably enough here in this country for some reason, because it has everything to do with money and politics. Well, in what the development, the, the state with the, the covid vaccine, the, mm-hmm. the, the state of the world surrounding the covid vaccine and its distribution uh, two things stick out. Number one, it's a miracle of science. Yeah. We have never developed this a vaccine quick. that fast. And yeah. not just one. Mm-hmm. Three separate efforts yeah. have produced three, mm-hmm. I believe, working vaccines tested. Yeah. And, and and I think one of them is still trying to get mm-hmm. like get its regulatory approvals, but whatever. Can we do this with cancer? Oh, yes. But it's a, a miracle <laughs> of science to do that that quickly in a yeah. different kind of vaccine from yeah. what I understand as an English major who struggles with anything that matters. Yeah. Understanding wise. Um but like an RNA vaccine, which I don't I have no idea what that means. I just know that science people were very impressed by yeah. how it worked and how quickly it was developed. Mm-hmm. So the fastest we've ever. So yay, science. Right. Right. And we can't do the next thing, which is sticking it in people's arms. Well, it's we did the impossible miraculous thing. Yeah. I say we. I mean, mm-hmm. the societies that support scientists, mm-hmm. science and scientists to the, the degree that this can happen. Right. Right. We can develop a brand new vaccine mm-hmm. against a brand new monster threatening our species. All you got to do is take it. In less than a year. Mm-hmm. And we can't do the last mile. Mm-hmm. We can't ship it and stick it in people's arms. No. Well, there uh, something like 50% of the population said they won't accept the vaccine because they're anti-vaxxers or there's well, quote-unquote They should watch The it. Witch and consider what the world was like before science. Yeah. Hey, you know, life expectancy was, I don't know, 35, 40. Let him spend a night in the barn with Black Phillip. Yeah. yeah. 
and tell me and those, again if those you're sure twins. you don't like your iPhone and refrigeration and the telecommunications. Twi- the twins in this film didn't get enough light shine on them, shown on them from us. The twins are spectacular and they're tied together and they're hilarious and they're troublemakers. Yeah, and they, I love that. They are annoying film. as hell. Yeah. yeah, because you know they're how old are they? Do you think in this movie five, five or six? Yeah, five yeah. or six. They're at that perfect age where they're mm-hmm. they're they're smart enough to really bug the shit out of the people around. Yeah, them. yeah. They're also like in a systematic, organized way. It's strange because Puritans were suspicious of twins. You know, one being the bad and one being the good, and one has the devil in them. And according, like according to like all the research I've done about. Puritans and and the Salem witch trials. Being a twin was a bad thing. Also, being left-handed was a bad thing. Uh, the the left hand was the the idle hand of of you know idle hands are the work of the devil and blah 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 or do the devil's work. So it's just interesting that there was twins in this film and they weren't picked on at all. You know, <laughs> as as being a witch, it was all blamed on the eldest daughter. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, what's, mature. What's, yeah, what's the word for that? Not sexually active, but I mean, there's the possibility of it. Like she's yeah, now, sexually mature. She's yeah. now a sexual mm-hmm. being in the sense that, and the mother sees that. And then, and once, oh yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's the mother. Yeah, that, you know, you were talking about feminism. I just don't see. I don't see it in this movie at all. Like I said, because of the choice that yeah. she's given in the end, it doesn't seem like a choice to mm-hmm. me. But it's the mother. It's the mother that first accuses her. That first. She's yeah. the first adult to think she might be a witch. She's the and she are and she's the one arguing for her expulsion even before she thinks she's a witch. Yeah, and it's kind of like well, I can't have my boys or my yeah, husband it's like, staring yeah, at my daughter. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of oh like this subtext God. that that she's going to start tempting her father if she stays yeah, around. There too really long. is, yeah, or just weird. or just by her very nature but that she's know, a problem now with her own family. You know that was actually a th- like that had to be real it still is yeah i guess it is mothers and daughters have a, a not all of them of course ten, they're people yeah oh wonderful no. mother daughter relationships there, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the modern world thanks mostly to science yeah and the fact that we know you know what's in the woods mostly and thank god we've we found out that freud was mostly full of shit <clears throat> and cocaine but so any any other comments on I have so many beautiful beautiful I have, film I have so many okay I just want to talk you know I said before that first of all you know as as much as I celebrate B movies I want to yeah. stress how good this is how hard how difficult what the witch pulls off is to pull off yeah it, yeah and again part of it is just the extraordinary technical competence right and I'm not I don't know a lot about the technical elements in movies just right. the ones that you know stand out to me but um. Again, from the first frame, that that lack of music, right? Yeah, no sound. Yeah, it sets it. It's up unnerving. Perfectly. Yeah, it is because it it's it's like it's one of those you don't notice how common some kind of noise is even in the opening titles mm-hmm. for things um, until it's just completely removed. The silence in the world that they live in is is deafening. Yeah, and it was, yeah. I think, really in terms of like orienting you into that. Yeah, mindset. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's a little thing, but it's a just great, great choice. Yeah, and then the way the camera moves, and we mm-hmm. talked about this. There are all these. First of all, the camera in this entire movie is completely stabilized. Mm-hmm, There's yeah. nothing handheld. No steady cam, yeah. And I think I've watched so many garbage found footage B-movies over Me the too. years. It was so um, nice to That see. I forgot what that looks like mm-hmm. to a degree. So nice. And it really sets it apart. Yeah. It, it, and so the camera's completely stabilized. There's right. no shaking at all. And it gives it this weird sort of, you know, if you want to talk about POV, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't want to get too deep in the woods on POV, but it, it gives it an almost... What am I trying to say? It's just so unsettling. Like, yeah. who, whose eyes are we watching through? It's, yeah. it's not it's not an there's, omniscient view. Then there's no monster vision in this film. You know, we don't get to no. see through the eyes of the witch or the the goat or or anything. I want Black Philip Cam, which would have like been a GoPro on Black Philip. Awesome. That's what yeah. I want. <laughs> um, uh, that would have been fun. But, so it's completely stabilized, and and the camera is almost always moving, mm-hmm. but it's moving so slowly. That there are times fucking snail pace. There are yeah. times when you there are times when you're not sure if it's moving or yeah, not. Yeah, there are times when you think you're on a static shot, and then you realize no, we're slowly creeping in. We're mm-hmm. so, we're slowly zooming out. We're slowly panning. Um, that slow zoom into the forest. It's just a zoom into the forest with it, creepy it, music. That is so, so well good. done. Yeah, I mean just just that that subtlety decision. Is yeah, the subtlety awesome. of it. Um, what else was I going to point out? We already talked about, you know, not even 10 minutes in and someone's making moisturizer out of a baby. Yeah. Um, and the, the the sound effects and the music, you brought this up when we were talking about earlier today. Yeah. 
um, incredibly well. Reminds me a little bit of The Shining. Oh man, the music is in the way so unnerving. In the way that that movie goes from dead silence, yeah. In terms of you know, there's no music, there's no sound effects, mm-hmm. no creepy ones anyway. Just like whatever environmental sound that you're getting. Well, yeah, it's like it's an emphasis on isolation. Yeah, yeah. And just the, just the style of it, mm-hmm. um, it's it's unsettling in yeah. that way, right? Yeah. I mean, it just gets under your skin. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a very uh, effective trick. Yeah. And you, I mean, it, and, it and, was and, intentional. But. Yeah, and then and kind of a kind of a basic one at the same time. Like, there's nothing in this movie that. There's nothing in the, the the craft of how this movie is made and shot um, that's like terribly groundbreaking. It's just extraordinarily competent all the way through. Yeah, it, it's and that's not. Very, I don't mean that to be like damning by faint praise either. Oh no, I know because yeah. if there's one thing the modern world, by which I mean the last several years have taught us, mm-hmm. it's that competence is mm-hmm. actually kind of rare in any field. It is well, and it's like and super easy that to lose. Feeling, that feeling I get uh, that you know that. We're, none of us are actually adults. We're just children faking it, you know. And that's that's where the inco- like, you when you real when you become an adult and you realize how incompetent everyone is at their job and and what they're supposed to know and do. It's it it gives you this feeling that yeah we're all just playing a game here. Well, yeah, and there's stages of that, right? Like most people who aren't say deluded or malignant narcissists mm-hmm. have a moment in their early adulthood. They have a moment where they feel uh, like an imposter. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. There's a name for it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And competent people are actually more likely to to suffer from that than wow. incompetent people. Competent people are more likely to acknowledge the possibility they might be incompetent. But what? But there's a stage where most people in their early adulthood, mm-hmm. they're given some kind of responsibility for the first time. You know, they're starting the career or whatever. And yeah. they, they really do feel like an imposter. Like, well, who am I to do this complicated thing I've tried to learn to do? And then they... They spend a little while in the adult world looking around them and they realize, oh, mm-hmm. number one, I'm not as bad as I think. Yeah, no. Like, it turns out, turns out there's guys. a lot of people out there who are way less competent than I am. And number two, then hopefully by then you have enough adult friends who can tell you, like, everybody feels that way from time Everybody's to time. Everybody's just scooting by. Yeah, we're all, <laughs> we're all, we all feel like we're constantly struggling to keep up and it's learning. True. It and, takes a lot of uh, self-confidence. And almost ignorance to believe you know exactly what you're doing at all times. Um, and it's like that uh, theory that the more you know, the more you find out you know nothing. Sure. You know, um, that's that's something that resonates with me. You know, you talk about, you talk to some really, really uh, people that are... Uh, I guess, lack of a better word, ignorant. They feel like they know how the world they always, works. Yeah. That's the thing about a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Here's something that only I and a, and, and the mm-hmm. elite, I'm the special. elected. Yeah, it's narcissism. Yes. Yeah. Only God's chosen have yeah. figured this out. Mm-hmm. Right? And, yeah. and and just the obscene narcissism of that. Yeah. Puritans. That's 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 Puritans. And it's too, so right often there. the people who have obviously mm-hmm. nothing figured out. Yeah. And then people get hurt. And then words incite violence. And then Black Philip yeah. shows you the book. And then people burn at the stake. It's a uh, it's a scary world, folks. That's why we talk horror. Yeah, I don't know. You know, we try not to get too into the weeds here. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, with I don't want to politically. But sometimes or, or it's hard events. to avoid it. But this I gotta year. tell you, this movie, this movie is legitimately terrifying. I think. Mm-hmm. Give it a chance. Watch it. You know, mm-hmm. put your phone down. And um, view it from a cultural lens as well sure. as just, I'm looking for jump scares. But this You're not going to get it. This movie's legitimately terrifying. There are a ton of great horror movies out there that are legitimately terrifying. Mm-hmm. But as I was watching it, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't help but have the thought, you know, like January 6th scared me more than yeah, that was any movie I've seen in a long time and any movie that I'm going to see for a long time. And yeah. then our reaction to January 6th since then, or lack thereof. Yeah. has scared me even more. Mm-hmm. The bullshit I've read from people trying to justify what happened on January 6th scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know where I was going with that other than that, you know, you were talking about the last four years essentially being the second golden age of horror and you don't mm-hmm. believe you can have a great golden age of horror without having some horrific things happening in the culture. Exactly, yeah. Just because of the way human beings work. Mm-hmm. The way we're inspired to tell different stories yeah. and make different kinds of art. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true, but there's also... There's a level of dysfunction beyond which art isn't made. And there's yeah. a level of dysfunction beyond which science isn't done. Yeah. And there's a level of dysfunction beyond which civilization doesn't go on. Yeah. 
and for you know all the joking I do and my love of just trashy movies is like well established. Oh yeah, <laughs> horror movies and art in general can only provide provide catharsis in a functioning society. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who celebrates uh, non serious art, mm-hmm. I hope we all get serious really it's, quickly. Well, in our day jobs, in our day lives, and in our function laughably as members of something approaching a civilization because i have kids and i don't want them to grow up in this world no it's not um, not like this it's it kind of unrecognizable from when we grew up you know i don't want to sound like boomers or anything you know we're old my parents are as my three-year-old likes to remind me yeah i'm not a fan of boomers but my parents are great it's it's unnerving because it, it it's just again it it comes back to the power of what you believe and your inability to believe anything else outside of, of that belief. Um, open-mindedness is kind of, uh, it's needed. We need, we need a little more open-mindedness. We need a little more progressiveness. I don't know. Do we need more open-mindedness? I I don't know. I think, I mean, I think we're going backwards. Is that the same thing as reason? Mm, I guess not. Yeah. We need, you're right. We need more fucking reason, but it's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's exhausting to see the beacon of democracy, uh, just thrown around like this. We just got to stop calling ourselves that for one thing. Well, yeah, we're not anymore, I guess, you know, a fucking New Zealand's way better than we are. Sweden's better than we are, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, and and again, like, I don't fucking want to get into politics, but it's really hard to talk about the witch trials without getting into politics and how it. History continues to repeat itself to this day. Yeah, The Witch, viewed through a cultural lens, is a special film. And I encourage people to watch it for that reason, not not to get terrified or to to get jump scared, or but to maybe start a conversation in your head about um, belief systems and what they, what they cause and the power of words. You mean words have power? <sighs> Sticks and stones may break me bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a fucking lie. Everybody knows that's a lie. Yeah, words hurt people, especially when they're said by powerful people we perceive in positions of power. Well, I mean, even it's not a new idea that words are powerful. I mean, what does the devil ask you to do? He asks you to write your name down in his book. 